Welcome to the Gut Policy Podcast. I'm Ashkan Kazarian. On today's show, we're going to talk about telehealth. And joining me is one of the leading experts in that area, Renee Kwashi, VP of Digital Health at the Consumer Technology Association. Renee, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. So before we dive into such a crucial topic right now, do you mind uh, telling us a little bit more about what CTA is? Yeah, so CTA stands for the Consumer Technology Association. We are the largest trade association representing all facets, facets of the tech industry. I think we're probably best known for the CES trade show that happens every year in Las Vegas in January. Um, we work across many verticals. Um, we represent almost every economic sector you can think of, from transportation to agriculture to healthcare to artificial intelligence. Um, on the healthcare front, healthcare is probably the largest growing segment of our membership, and it's also an, an increasing area of importance for our CES show. That is amazing. I uh, went to CES for the first time this year. Um, probably one of the few trips I'm going to have this year. Uh, and it was so impressive. It was so big. It was so many people. And um, it was very hopeful in a way because you see how much, you know, the innovation spirit uh, lives within so many, both in America and across the world. And I thought it was such a great representation of that. Um, I really hope that we can gather again next year um, in Vegas uh, for CES 2021, and I hope to see you there. Yeah, thank you very much. And, I, and we are really focused on uh, providing a, a very good in-person experience. Um, we are looking at every kind of public health and safety measure. I think we're also going to have an increased virtual component for the CES show which I think just expands the, the reach of the show. Um, so I'm excited about what CES 2021 is gonna bring. Yeah, absolutely. So let's dive into, I'm sure our listeners are very excited about this topic, telemedicine. Well, let's start by defining telemedicine. So what exactly is telemedicine from what probably an untrained eye and ear would understand that's providing healthcare services over the phone and maybe over um, you know, video chats and things like that. But what exactly is telemedicine and when did it become a thing? That's a great question. Um, there's actually no settled definition of telemedicine, but I think the simplest way to view it is just simply the provision of healthcare services at a distance. In other words, the clinician providing the service and the patient receiving the service are not in the same physical location. And that can occur via video, via phone, via text messaging, via a whole slew of modalities, a combination of modalities. Um, so it really allows clinicians to have a broader reach in terms of um, their ability to provide services. Awesome. So that's kind of what we have. And then, unfortunately, uh, we had a really rough year. A lot of things have happened. Um, one of the outliers in the public health sphere, obviously, was the pandemic, the COVID-19. How did that impact telemedicine and virtual care? And how did telehealth regulation change because of it? Yeah, so I think one of the, the 
probably the best known secrets about telemedicine is when people try telemedicine, they tend to give it incredibly high satisfaction marks. People like the service, they get a lot out of the service, but the conundrum was always, how do you get people to try the service? And I think what happened with this pandemic is, um, given the fact that a lot of uh, individuals were concerned about going to see a clinician in person, given the fact that a lot of clinicians wanted to keep patients out of their facilities, it really forced people to re-examine, re-look, and try telemedicine um, as, a, as a way to uh, triage, as a way for clinicians to triage, assess um, potential COVID complications, and it also gave patients the ability to talk to clinicians without actually going into a facility. So I think it really spurred the use of telemedicine. And one of the things that really made this happen was starting in March, uh, the Medicare program really loosened a lot of the restrictions that used to apply to telehealth services, uh, particularly the restrictions under the Part B part of the Medicare program, which is a lot of outpatient services where those programs are covered. So um, telehealth use was expanded uh, because restrictions were loosened. There were additional flexibilities for the use of audio-only telecommunications to provide certain kinds of services. Um, the Medicare program expanded the types of clinicians and practitioners who could actually provide the service. Pre-pandemic, that was restricted to eight types of clinicians. Um, and the other thing the Medicare program did is it added and expanded the types of services uh, that could be provided by telehealth and be covered by the Medicare program. So all in all, it spurred a traumatic and tremendous increase in telehealth services um, over the last three months. One of the main technological challenges when it came to medicine and healthcare that I think a lot of people have encountered, I have encountered personally, when I had to go from one doctor to another and I had to buy a CD disc and um, give it to one doctor for them to record the data on it and then take it to another doctor. And it was, I believe, uh, because of the HIPAA regulation, the healthcare, you know, privacy regulation. Um, I here that there are some adjustments that were made around HIPAA because if they were not, HIPAA wouldn't, would stop a lot of the activity that's happening right now remotely, correct? Yeah, and I think that the Department of Health and Human Services must be given kudos for recognizing that current HIPAA regulations could stifle the use of telemedicine. They really wanted to promote virtual care. So one of the things they did was, um, as part of the waiver program, they really relaxed um, a lot of the HIPAA requirements, particularly when it came to um, enforcement of certain um, HIPAA requirements. Uh, and I think really what their intent was, was listen, we want people to use telemedicine and we want to remove all the barriers that we think may prevent people from using it, both on the patient side, but also on the clinician side. And so um, the, uh, off, the um, Office of Inspector General um, and the Office of Civil Rights um, both did a lot of things to remove some of those barriers. And I think it's worked. 
um, because if you look at uh, statistics that uh, SEMA Verma has been touting about Medicare telehealth visits over the last three months, there's been a tremendous acceleration of the use of telehealth in the Medicare. Going forward, um, obviously some parts of America have started phase one of reopening and are going back to a little bit of uh, what used to be our life before the pandemic. However, I know a lot of healthcare experts are expecting a second wave, so that has to be taken into consideration. But moving forward, um, whatever happens in the future and the rest of the year and in 2021, what will virtual care look like? Uh, and what do you want it to look like? That's a great question. I, I think, again, as I said earlier, when people try virtual care, they tend to like it very much. And so I think telehealth is going to now be a more permanent part of the way healthcare services are delivered. Um, and it's not just the telemedicine companies that have seen dramatic increases in usage, but if you look at some of the health systems around the country, particularly the large health systems who have been um, forced to use telemedicine to reach a lot of their patients, they also report tremendous satisfaction with the use of telemedicine. So I think the big lesson from this pandemic is there's gonna be tremendous a tremendous increase in the use of telemedicine as part of regular healthcare delivery. Um, I think some issues still remain. So for example, there are people who don't have the kind of broadband infrastructure that allows them to access telemedicine services. Uh, telemedicine services sometimes doesn't reach the people who need it the most. So there are a lot of issues that need to be worked out. But I think the lesson from this pandemic is I think virtual care is going to be a much more permanent feature of the way healthcare is delivered in this country. And that's only a good thing as we move forward. The Consumer Technology Association has uh, a number of virtual care initiatives. Do you mind sharing what exactly they are? Since I'm guessing you know a few things about them. Uh, you are the VP of Health over there. Yeah. So yeah, we've been really working sort of in a thought leadership capacity about how to promote responsible use of virtual care. So one of the things we've been doing is working on a number of initiatives. One of them was something we called the virtual care principles. And these are principles that a work group we formed within CTA uh, developed after a lot of discussion, after a lot of talk and debate and exchange of ideas. And these are principles that developers of virtual care solutions ought to consider when developing their virtual care solution. Um, so everything from the ability of the, of the patient to redress um, whatever problems they had technologically to um, how to prescribe um, and prescribing practices over virtual care and all those kinds of issues that I think a lot of folks are concerned about when they're thinking about virtual care. So that's one of them. We talked about privacy earlier and we take privacy very, very seriously, but HIPAA only has so much reach. So one of the things we developed was some guiding principles um, related to privacy for entities that are not covered under HIPAA. Um, and so we developed some principles about openness and transparency and communication with the um, uh, with patients about how their data is going to be used because we wanted to give consumers in particular some 
comfort in that their virtual care uh, platform or clinician is taking privacy seriously, even though some laws may not uh, impact them. So those are just two of the, um, of the initiatives that we worked on. Uh, we've got a number of initiatives we're currently working on, including one that's looking at the way we actually pay for healthcare services in the United States and the role technology could play in ushering in a new era of more comprehensive healthcare and healthcare that reaches all Americans. That is a very um, detailed plan, I think, and uh, I'm glad that a group like yours is working on it. And I know uh, from you know working in the DC policy circles that you guys collaborate with so many groups, and it's very bipartisan. It's not partisan in any way, and you are exactly focused on achieving the goals of you know getting everyone healthcare and getting the country more connected through that. So I want to say we really appreciate all the work that you guys do. Yeah, and that's much appreciated, but we've got a long way to go. And I think one of the things the pandemic really has highlighted is a lot of the underlying foundational issues in the healthcare system in the United States. I don't think anybody doubts that we have the best clinicians in the world. We have some of the best technology in the world but the system is not coherent. Uh, the system doesn't work for everybody. Um, and there are a lot of issues within the healthcare system that we need to fix. And our position at CTA is, while technology is not a panacea, it's a significant part of the solution going forward. Before I let you go, um, I wanna ask you on any final thoughts or what do you wanna leave our listeners with? Uh, where they should go to read more about this. Obviously, please plug in CTA's website. We're going to link to some of your work in the show notes. Uh, but the floor is yours. Please um, draw attention to whatever you think is important in this area. Yeah, and I think one of the things that we've also noticed is a lot of consumers don't know where to go for information about digital health. So one of the things we developed along with the American Telemedicine Association was a tech health directory. Um, and you can actually find it at techhealthdirectory.com. And it's a list of all the virtual care companies, what they're doing, a description of their services, and for whom those services are intended, whether it's consumers, whether it's patients, um, and whatever the case might be. So that's a phenomenal resource and a great reference starting point for folks who really don't know much about digital health may want to try it and just need some underlying information. So I, <clears throat> I think uh, that, that service has proved to be incredibly popular. The other thing that I, I want to mention is that this is an ongoing uh, effort um, to really democratize healthcare, to make healthcare uh, more efficient, um, to make sure that healthcare reaches all the people who need it. Um, and so we have a number of initiatives that we are going to be undertaking over the next year. And one in particular focuses on public health and how um, we can better use technology in future public health emergencies and how we can help public health authorities really manage future public health emergencies. So we're very excited. Um, we think one of the things that has come out of um, the pandemic is that technology is incredibly important. And health technology in particular 
is incredibly critical to how we manage future public health emergencies, but also how we manage our healthcare delivery system as a whole. That is great words to end with. Um, and I wanna wrap up the show. Thank you so much for joining us. We really hope you come back and we can dive into all this incredibly you know, important uh, sub-issues and questions that you outlined. Um, everyone go check out CTA's work and please leave us a review because I know you have more free time on your hands than you usually do. So if you're listening to a podcast, you can leave us a review, even if it's a negative one. I don't really want a negative one, but I will take it over just nothing. Uh, Renee, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you have a great weekend and um, good luck to CTA and all of the neighbors endeavors. Appreciate you having me on. Policy Podcast is produced and distributed by Tech Freedom, a nonpartisan nonprofit think tank in Washington, D.C. To learn more about our work, make a tax deductible donation, or find other episodes, find us online at techfreedom.org.